is, is it Shabbat or Shabbos? So let's start with a vote. Who thinks that it is Shabbat? Well, are we talking Hebrew or English? Who thinks that it is Shabbos? Okay. Who thinks that it's either? Who thinks that it's both? Okay. Yes, okay, it could be both. Okay, the variation, the variation between Shabbos and Shabbat is really a difference in pronunciation of Hebrew between Sephardic and Ashkenazic Jews. So, variations in pronunciation go back to the earliest time of Judaism. In the book of Judges, the book of Shoftim, in the days of the judge Gidon, who we know lived over 3,000 years ago, there was a civil war among Jews with the tribes of um, <coughs> Manasseh and other tribes against the tribe of Ephraim. And um, the civil war broke out and the tribe of members of Ephraim were fleeing and they were trying to catch the fleeing members of Ephraim and were told the way they knew, but the, they pretended that they were not members of Ephraim. They did not want to get caught as being from the wrong tribe. And so how did they figure out who they were? So they would stop them. They put roadblocks and they stopped people running and they asked them to pronounce the word Shibolet or Shibolets. Um, and the members of Ephraim um, were not able to pronounce the sh. They would say Sibolet. And so in that way, they were able to know whether they were from Ephraim or not because of their accent, because of their pronunciation. Um, and so, um, so they would variations in pronunciation going as far back then. The English, English word Sheboleth comes from right Sheboleth, which means somebody who's part of a unique group, um, comes from the story in Tanakh, of course, in, in the book of Judges that we just mentioned. So um, Svartic and Ashkenazic Jewry, when we speak of those words, they're very general, imprecise terms to describe Jews of the European Jewish extraction. Um, we often describe as Ashkenazic. And those of Middle Eastern or coming from other Muslim countries, we often describe as Sephardic. However, it's not entirely true. Um, Sephard is the traditional Jewish word for Spain. Um, many Sephardic Jews, though, um, that would today be called Sephardic, have no connection to Spain, never were in Spain, nor were any of their ancestors ever in Spain. The word Ashkenaz comes from, means German in um, Jewish traditions. Um, most Ashkenazi Jews probably have some Ger German Jewish background, um, but definitely not all by any means. Um, within each group, there are many, many variations based on places of origin. So Ashkenazic Jews include Jews from Holland, Germany, France, as well as uh, it, often Italian Jews are lumped in with Sephardic Jews, with Ashkenazic Jews. Um, along with Jews in different parts of Eastern Europe, whether um, from Northern Eastern Europe, often called Litvish, from um, Southern Eastern Europe, often called Ungarish or Hungarian, um, from um, Central Eastern Europe, often called Polish, Polish or Galicianer. Um, so, sorry, Litvaks. Litvaks are from Northern Eastern Europe. 
So um, Jews come from different areas, and as we'll see soon, there's variations in custom and um, in their pronunciation of both Yiddish and Hebrew. Um, among Sephardim, Sephardic Jews come from many different places. Um, there are firstly Sephardic European Jews. Um, there was a Sephardic, historically a Sephardic, large Sephardic community in Holland, as well as in Hamburg, Germany. Um, there were also Sephardic communities, of course, in Italy and in, uh, in Venice and other parts of Italy, as well as in Greece and Yugoslav, um, parts of um, other places in the Balkans and large Sephardic communities, Bulgaria, um, Turkey, the Ottoman, what was once the Ottoman Empire. Um, there's Sephardic communities from what's called the Maghreb, which is um, Morocco, Algeria area. Um, there's Sephardic community in Tunisia, which is somewhat different. Um, e Egyptian Jews, um, Jews from Israel, from Syria, Lebanon, from Iraq, from, um, and then it moves to uh, this uh, um, Iranian Jews and um, Jews from um, the uh, Caucasus, um, Georgia, Azerbaijan, uh, and then uh, there's from Central Asia, they're often called Bukhari Jews from Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan area. Um, so, there, so there are many, many different groupings. Yeah, yeah. Um, India. So there are many Jews from all over the world and there are, they're not all the same. Their pronunciations are different. Their customs vary. They're just grouped often into these Sephardic and Ashkenazic. There is another group that does not fit into either at all because they are totally different from either grouping and that is Yemenite Jews. <laughs> Yemenite Jews, um, though they always were in contact with Jewish communities around the world, um, were somewhat further away and retain somewhat different customs, traditions, and pronunciation that really doesn't fit into the generalization of Sephardic or Ashkenazic at all and are often their own third small, smaller group. So we're not going to focus on different customs or different traditions of the different communities, but today we're going to focus on the different pronunciations. So in Hebrew, we have letters the Hebrew letters um, are all consonants. In other words, they're all um, hard letters. Um, and then we have the vowels. The vowels like the A, E, I, O, or U in Hebrew are not letters themselves, but they're nekudot. They're dots that are put on top of or under or next to a letter. So we have the letters of the Hebrew alphabet themselves are consonants. And then we have the vowels, which are extra dots that are added to the letter. Now, the Hebrew alphabet has 22 letters, of which seven letters have more than one sound. So there could be up to 29 different sounds made by the Hebrew letters. Um, no one <laughs> actually pronounces 29 different sounds because they have many let different letters that pronounce, they pronounce the same. Generally, for most letters, almost all of the Hebrew alphabet, we are identical. Although we have been spread out across the world for many, many, many generations, and we were in different communities, often going for a long time with minimal contact, we still retained the same language, the same look of the letters. They still look the same for everyone, and they more or less sound the same, they are all mutually intelligible. In other words, if you speak with one pronunciation, you can easily understand somebody speaking in another pronunciation. There are a handful of letters where differences has, have crept up over the years. 
So the most known letter, the most obvious variation has been in the letter Tav. In the letter Tav. Now, now, there are six letters in the Hebrew alphabet that change sounds from, that have two different possible sounds. They change sounds from what's called plosive to um, fricative. And that means there are some sounds that are made by not allowing any air through your mouth, such as the b sound or the p sound or the t sound. They're made by blocking the air entirely through your mouth. And when you release it, it makes that sound. There are, those are called plosive. There are, some, there are other sounds that are made by allowing very small amounts of air to go through. And those are called fricative sounds, such as the v sound or the s sound or the s sound. Those allow small amounts of air to go through. You block, but not entirely. So, there are six letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Bet, Gimel, Dalet, um, Kaf, Pei, and Resh. Six, uh, sorry, Kaf, Pei, and Taf. Six letters in the Hebrew alphabet that have two sounds to them. If you put a dot inside the letter, it's plosive. In other words, it's a sound that is entirely blocked. If, you have, if it has no dot in the letter, then it becomes uh, fricative. It's a sound. It becomes a sound that lets a little bit of air through, such as the bet. The bet with a dot has a b sound, which is a plosive sound. Without the dot, it becomes a v sound, which is a fricative sound, right? <coughs> or the pay with the, uh, when it has a dot in it, it has a p sound which is a plosive sound. When it does not have a dot in it, it has a sound, which is a fricative sound. So the one, the, one of the, or the most significant variation between Hebrew, uh, in Hebrew between Sephardic and Ashkenazic pronunciations is with the tav. The tav is a t sound. The t is a plosive sound. Now, our tradition tells us that there is, if with a dot, it would say t. Without a dot, it would have a different sound. What is the sound of the tav without a dot? So Sephardic Jews do not differentiate whether it has a dot or it does not have a dot. They will still say t. They don't differentiate at all. Ashkenazic Jews with a dot have the t, the plosive sound. Without a dot, have a, the fricative sound of s, the s sound, which is a, allows a little bit of air to go through. S sound. Okay. So the Sephardic Jews, although there was in its origin, it did have a differentiation. Sephardic Jews no longer make that differentiation. Ashkenazic Jews say s. So, the same thing, the tav without a dot, Ashkenazic Jews will say t, Sephardic Jews will, sorry, Sephardic Jews will say t, Ashkenazic Jews will say s. Yemenite Jews, general, some variations, what do Yemenite Jews say for the 
the tav without a dot. So they have a fricative sound, but a different one. They say th. Is this, uh, the, uh, the Yemenite version. So we have now three different possibilities as to how to pronounce the soft or the, the um, fricative tav. Either just with, as a t, without any differentiation, a Sephardic, Ashkenazic have a fricative s, and Sephardic have a fricative so three ways to pronounce that. Now, there are also other letters that have variations. For example, the letter Vav, which I don't have here, but it's a straight line. The letter Vav for Ashkenazim and some Sephardic Jews is a V, v sound. However, for many other Sephardic communities, particularly Sephardic communities from Arabic lands, um, the Vav is a W, a W sound. And Yemenites also have that same w sound, but Sephardic Jews from pretty much all across the Arab-speaking world, Arabic-speaking world, um, have a w sound for vav. With all these different um, sounds for all these different letters, when they're speaking, does it change the context context of the sentence as to what they're saying? Because no. It's different sounds. No. The place where it really gets frustrating is in poems. And um, Ashkenazic and Sephardic poets would get upset at each other because they, they, the other poem didn't rhyme, right? Because they pronounced it differently, which is something that is true um, in various accents in English as well. You know, if an, um, if an Englishman would write a poem, it, probably, it often won't rhyme for American English and vice versa. Yes? You're talking about consonants, but what about the different... Pronunciations where somebody says "rish atu." I'm getting there. I'm getting okay. There. So there's also some other letters that are different. Another letter where there's a variation is the chet sound. So the chet sound, that's a sound that's hard to pronounce in um, the chet sound. That's the chet letter. It's hard to pronounce in um, because English is one of the few languages that does not have a ch sound. So for Anglo-speaking people, it is hard to pronounce. Um, so there is another letter, a chaf, that has the same sound. Ashkenazim, however, pronounce the chet as the chaf as a um, palliative sound. It's a ch from the top of your mouth. Right? However, Sephardic Jews don't pronounce it as a ch, but rather, and I'm Ashkenazic, so I can't really do this, I'm going to try, but rather they pronounce it as a chet sound coming from the throat. Now, the other difference between Sephardic and Ashkenazic Jews is with the ayin. The ayin for Ashkenazic Jews pronounce it as a silent letter that has no sound whatsoever, just like the aleph, which is another silent letter. However, we, the Sephardic Jews, we know that ayin did have a sound um, historically, and Sephardic Jews pronounce it as a ayin. So it's a uh from deep down in the throat. Again, I'm Ashkenazic, so I have trouble pronouncing that. Now, there are other slight variations within different groups among Sephardic and Ashkenazic Jews as well. Um, firstly, I should mention that we mentioned there are six letters that have variations between the plosive and fricative sounds. 
by putting in the dot, which are bet, gimel, dalad, kaf, pei, and tav. Of those, Sephardic Jews only have variations in three of those, the bet, the kaf, and the pei. Ashkenazic Jews have in four of those, bet, kaf, pei, and tav, but both Ashkenazic and Sephardic Jews miss, don't have any variation in the gimel and the dalad. The Yemenite Jews do have a variation in the gimel, Instead of the gimel, the which is a plosive sound, the g, right? No letter, no sound, no air goes through. But they also, with when the gimel, uh, sorry, the take that back. The gimel is a fricative sound where a little air does go through. Um, but they do have when it has a dot, they have a um, plosive sound where the air is blocked entirely, which is a j sound. So they have the j. So they do jimmel. So, which is a letter that we don't have, neither Ashkenazic or Sephardic Jews do not have the j sound at all. Um, most Europe, although English has a j sound, most European languages um, do actually do not have a j sound. Um, another variation is many Jews from Northern Europe, this is just within. Um, a community, many Jews from Northern Europe, called Litvish, not all Litvish, but many Litvish, which is, Litvish is a broad area of Northern Europe, including Lithuania, Latvia, parts of Poland, Belarus, Northern Ukraine, and a lot of other areas. So, um, so Jews known, um, from Northern Europe um, generally, like the people of Ephraim of old, have trouble pronouncing the sh, and often pronounce sh, the shin, often pronounce it as a s, as a sin, as a sin, yes. So we have two letters um, which are very similar, the shin and the sin. If the dot's on the right, it's a sh. If the dot's on the left, it's a s. Sorry, other way around. If the dot's on the right, it's a sh. If it's on the left, it's a s. And so um, the Jew, many Litvish Jews pronounce it, pronounced it historically as a s. They couldn't pronounce the sh sound. The sh is the one on the right. Just looking at it. The one over here. It's our left. That's your left. I'm sorry. Your left. Your left. I, I confused myself. One on the left is the one on the right. Yes. Can you pronounce the word shalom both ways? Well, if you can't do the sh, you'll do it as salom, right? So there's more variations. There are more variations. In addition to the difference in consonant, on consonants, there's also differences in vowel pronunciation. The um, most noted, noted difference is the difference in the vowel kamats. The kamats vowel, as you can see over here, is a little kind of, um, I don't know, a T little thing that goes under the word. And so the kamats in Ashkenazic pronunciation is an O sound, kamats. The... So Ashkenazim and Yemenite Jews both pronounce it as an ah sound. However, Sephardic Jews pronounce it as an ah sound, which is the exact same sound as the patach. Exact same sound as the patach, the ah sound. So for Sephardic Jews, both of those are an ah. For Yemenite and Ashkenazic Jews, it's, the komot is an ah 
and the patach is an ah. Now, some Ashkenazic Jews, the ah is for Ashkenazic Jews in Western Europe and in Northern Europe. Ashkenazic Jews in Southern or Central Europe, Hungarian area, don't pronounce the comet not as an ah, but as an ooh. Yes, complicated. Those are just variations. Um, then um, another variation is in the pronunciation of the um, the segel. The segel goes under a letter. Uh, sorry, the sorry. The, another variation is um, in pronunciation as uh, the segel. The segel is pronounced by both Ashkenazic and Sephardic Jews as an eh. Yemenite Jews, though, pronounce the segel as an ah, which would be the same as the patach sound. Another variation is in the pronunciation of the tseire, which Ashkenazic Jews pronounce as an a sound, while Sephardic Jews pronounce as an eh sound. Most Sephardic, not all. Most Sephardic Jews pronounce as an eh sound. Um, Furthermore, I don't think I have it here, another variation is in the cholam. The cholam is a dot on the top left of a letter, um, and, or it could be a vav with a dot on top of it. And so here, there's really a lot of different options. The Sephardic Jews pronounce it as an oh, which is what Ashkenazic, many Ashkenazic Jews use as the kids. The um, Ashkenazic Jews... Um, those from Northern Europe um, or Southern Europe pronounce it as an oi. Those from Northeastern Europe or the Eastern Belarus, um, Lithuania area pronounce it as an a, the same as the tseire sound. While Jews from Western Europe, particularly German Jews, pronounce it as an o, as a long o, um, for some reason, here in the United States, possibly, probably because German Jews got here first, for some reason here in the United States, everyone tends to pronounce the cholam as an O sound, cholam. And that's a German tradition. What's the shape of that letter? It's a dot on the top left of a letter. So these are all major differences in the pronunciation. Um, to sum it up, there are seven different vowels. Um, in our tradition. Um, Ashkenazim, at least some of them, there's some variation, have all seven vowel sounds, while Svartic Jews have five vowel sounds, and Yemenite have six different vowel sounds. Now, there's a third major, so there's a difference in the way we do consonants. There's a variation in the way we do vowels. There's a third major difference between Svartic and Ashkenazic pronunciation of Hebrew, and that's where to emphasize the word, where the emphasis goes. So when you say a word, it could be word. Well, word is only one syllable. But when you want to say an emphasis, you could say emphasis or emphasis, right? Depending on how you want to speak. So any word that has more than one syllable, you can put the emphasis at the beginning of the word on the first syllable or on the last syllable or in theory on the middle syllable if there's three or more syllables in the word. So... Now, in Hebrew, in biblical Hebrew, every word has a unique place to put the syllable. And in biblical Hebrew, words change meaning depending on where you put the emphasis. So when we read the Torah, 
there's actually, every word has a very distinct emphasis, and we have a tradition as to what the emphasis should be. And there, there's really no debate as to where the emphasis for the words should be. We have what's called Mesorah, a tradition going back all the way, and our Chumashim, in other words, our books, that Torah books that have vowelage, all also have a line on each word that show you where the emphasis should be. If you look in your Chumash, in your Torah book, you'll see lines on top of the words. Um, it looks like a little L on top of the word, and that tells you where the emphasis should be. However, in spoken Hebrew, often used in prayer or in other non, not reading the Torah, we, for whatever reason, historically have not put the emphasis in the right places. And here there's been a variation between Ashkenazic and Sephardic Jews, where uh, Ashkenazic Jews tend to put the emphasis on the beginning of the word, generally put the emphasis on the beginning of the word. Sephardic Jews generally put the emphasis on the end of the word, on a multiple syllable word. So now we know the difference between Shabbos and Shabbat. There's three differences. Firstly, the last letter is the Tav without the dot. So Ashkenazic Jews will say T, and Sephardic Jews will say, uh, sorry, other way around. Sephardic Jews would say T, Ashkenazic Jews would say so it becomes Shabbat or Shabbos. Second difference is in the Kamatz sound. Is it an Ashkenazic Jews would say Ah, and Sephardic Jews say Ah. So Ashkenazic Jews will say Shabbos, Shabbos, and, Ash- and Sephardic Jews will say Shabbat with the Ah sound. They're saying Sephardic pronunciation. But, that, but they do say it, right? They could. You, uh, you could I mean, use someone else's pronunciation. That's okay. You could also, yes. So, now there's also a third difference in the way we pronounce it. Ashkenazic Jews will put the emphasis on the beginning of the word. Sephardic Jews put the emphasis on the end of the word. So for Ashkenazim, it's Shabbos. For the Sephardic Jews, it's Shabbat. Yeah, with the emphasis on the, on the end of the word. So hence, Shabbos... Ashkenazic, and Shabbat Sephardic. Um, there's a great band who actually their lead singer is, um, lives here um, called Eighth Day that came up with a song called Yalili, which is variations between Sephardic and Ashkenazic pronunciation. You can Google it if you want to hear it. But it means the same. Shabbat it means the Shabbat same. It's just different ways to pronounce it. Okay. So where did these differences come from? How do we get them? How do we get them? And who's right? So the truth is we don't know where they come from. The Ibn Ezra, a great scholar who lived in the 13th century, in the 1200s, notes the differences regarding Kamots, that the Ashkenazic Jews, he was Sephardic, he says the Ashkenazic Jews say Kamots, and Sephardic Jews say Kamots, right? The A and the A. He notes that difference, and he makes the point that if you actually look at the names, the traditional names of these vowels, komotz in Hebrew means to clench. Patach, which is the other, the ah sound that everyone does, means to open. Why? Because komotz is said when your mouth is clenched. Patach is said with your mouth is open. 
The ah sound is how you open your mouth, right? When you go to the doctor, say ah, right? That's how you open your mouth. Aw is when you clench your mouth. So the sounds make it sound like the aw sound is more correct. But he makes that point, so definitely in his days there was a variation between Sephardic and Ashkenazic Jews. It's widely believed by historians that these differences between Sephardic and Ashkenazic Jews go back at least back to the early days of Spanish and German Jewish communities, which were around the 10th century or the 900s. That's when they really began. The differences likely go back much further to larger communities before that. Um, Sephardic Jews and Ashkenazic Jews, before we go to Germany and Spain, um, came from other places. And these differences may go back to Persian-controlled Babylon and Persia, which was in the Persian Empire, and Byzantine or Roman-controlled Israel, Syria, and Egypt. Those were large Jewish communities in different empires, spoke different native languages. Um, historians really debate as to where these variations come from. There's some evidence from manuscripts that Yemenite pronunciation comes in the form of, their, at least their vowel pronunciations, dates back to Babylonia. So back to Babylon in Gaonic period, there's some evidence that 1,500 years ago in Babylon they were speaking the way the Yemenites speak today. Um, that's based on manuscripts where we see the Patach and the Tzere being switched out, you know, sounding like they didn't really differentiate between the two. Um, there's also some evidence that Jews in Israel used Sephardic vowels, in other words, said ah for the comet sound and eh for the tzere sound back in the land of Israel. There's some evidence that Jews in Babylon used, said ah for comets and a for tzere. Um, and so that would, though, be somewhat problematic historically. Generally, historians think that Sephardic Jews are largely from Babylon and Persia, and Ashkenazic Jews are largely from the Byzantine Empire, the Roman Empire, Egypt, Israel, Syria, um, and um, Turkey, what was then the, the Roman Empire. Um, this would be flipping it. We're saying the Sephardic pronunciation came from, Babylon, uh, came from Israel and the Ashkenazic pronunciation came from Babylon. Um, it appears, though, going back further, that there were variances in Israel itself. We know there were two different pronunciations in Israel itself, one called the Tiberian pronunciation and one called the Jerusalem pronunciation. Um, so within Israel, there appears to have been variations. And the Talmud already mentions that there were places in Israel that did not know how to pronounce Hebrew correctly, that did not pronounce the ayin correctly. Ashkenazic Jews don't have any pronunciation for ayin. The Talmud mentions that as an incorrect pronunciation that Jews in Talmudic times already had in the land of Israel in Beit Shan. Um, we also find, so in summary, it seems to be that these dialects, these variations in speech, in pronunciation, seem to go back very far. They probably all trace back to Israel, um, going back 2,000 years. Um, and there may have been even further variations. We know, for example, that the Septuagint, which is the Greek, early Greek translation of the Torah, also transliterates a lot of words. In other words, a lot of words that they translate um, has a tendency to use th, 
for the tav without the dot, uh, which is where the word Beth, um, Beth Jacob or Beth whatever it is comes from. Um, th is often used um, as a translation, uh, as a transliteration um, in traditional in the Septuagint. Um, the Septuagint translations also tend to use a for the comets. Um, they, all, they tend to also mess up a lot of other things. Um, the, but the one thing that they tend to do, interestingly, a dialect that we don't have anymore, but that the Talmud mentions, is Loshing Yerushalmi, um, which is a Jerusalem dialect that did not pronounce the... Um, that did not pronounce the um, v, h, or y sounds at all. They just skipped them out. And so um, if you think even the name Judah, from which we may get our name Jews from, right, in Hebrew is Yehuda. They're skipping out the h, right? Or Jerusalem, right, Yerushalayim, with both, with both, both switches, the y, for the j is just an anglicized thing, right? Other languages will have y. But both switches the sh in Yerushalayim for a s, right? As the people of Ephraim once did. And it takes out the yim at the end, it takes out the y, um, the Jerusalem um, pronunciation that the Talmud mentions, um, where we skip out, where they skipped out, they didn't pronounce y, h, or v. So, um, so anyway, so we think that the variations in dialect go back very, very far, probably went back to ancient Israel. There were already many of these variations. Um, it's almost certain that some of the variations came about due to living in countries where the language around us didn't have certain sounds. So the V, which uh, Ar Jews in Arabic lands pronounce as a W, most languages don't have one. English does, but most of the languages don't, which is why, especially in Eastern Europe, no Eastern European language has it, right? Which is why the, 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 our grandparents couldn't pronounce, they'd say, what is the problem, right? Or they, they would, right? They couldn't, they all say, because they couldn't say, right? So we couldn't pronounce, in Eastern Europe, even if we wanted to. We also couldn't pronounce, and I still can't pronounce the sound and the in sound. Although, um, for the H sound, the Septuagint translation tends to do an H, a H, for the, uh, which is a throatal sound um, rather than a guttural sound. Uh, uh, sorry, a throatal sound rather than a, a um, sound from the palate um, for the Chet. And the Septuagint also, interestingly, for the Ayin, um, tends to do a G, right? Like Aza becomes Gaza. Right? And Amora becomes Gemara. Um, and that is, again, it's a uh, it's a, it's a uh sound, which sounds very similar to a g, right? So, um, so they use the G often. Did, did everybody understand one another? Yeah, they're mutually intelligible. In other words, Sephardic and Ashkenazic Jews historically always communicated in Hebrew. Um, and they spoke to each other just fine. And they did business together just fine. And it's mutually intelligible. I mean, you might have to speak slowly to understand each other, but we can understand each other. They're, they're not that different. They're not. And, and we're also, we're not unique, because uh, I worked with an Indian doctor, and he could not, not pronounce W, and so he would say Volkswagen for Volkswagen, and he just could not say it any other way. 
So we're, it isn't something special to us. Right, and there are people around us, right. There are other Anglo pronunciations. Um, Anglo, English, Australian, I switched, I guess, at one point. Um, so, you know, there's other Anglo pronunciations and there's immigrants that have accents and we still can understand each other even though we don't pronounce every letter exact same way. Let me conclude because we're going to go over time then I'll take some questions. So, people often think of modern Hebrew as a Sephardic dialect but it's really not. Um, it's really a mix of Sephardic and Ashkenazic. They pronounce the Tav as Sephardic do with the T sound, the Kamat as an A, and the Tzere as an E, like Sephardic. However, they pronounce the Vav as a V sound, like Ashkenazic Jews, the Chet as a Ch sound, like Ashkenazic Jews, and the Ayin is silent, like Ashkenazic Jews. Um, the more accurate way of describing Hebrew, it's a mix of Sephardic and Ashkenazic, or it's Ashkenazic Jews who are trying to mis mimic Sephardic Jews, but had trouble pronouncing letters like W, because they were Eastern European, or um, Ayin, or Chet. They couldn't pronounce those letters. Um, so modern Hebrew was really created by early Zionists um, about over 100 years ago. No, most notable is um, Eliezer ben Yehuda, um, all of whom were Ashkenazim, all the early creators of um, modern Hebrew. Why did they choose the, the Sephardic dialect? Because part of early Zionism was a rejection of European Judaism, saying that it was an exile kind of Judaism. They rejected Yiddish as a language. Um, they saw it as backwards, and they were trying to bring back the old Jews the way we once were. As part of their rejection of where they came from, they chose another dialect of Hebrew, and they therefore chose the Sephardic dialect. Um, the Ashkenazic pronunciation was too Yiddish sounding for them. What is Yiddish? Yiddish is a language that our ancestors spoke in Eastern Europe. Classical itself. So, who is right? Who's got it right? So, given how far back, which lay, or in other, or another way we could word that question is, which one did Moses speak? Um, given how back in each pronunciation goes, um, we ultimately don't know who is right. Likely, there were originally 29 different sounds for 29 different letters, um, but nobody has that today. Um, there were likely seven different sounds for seven different vowels. Um, exactly who's got it right, we ultimately don't know. Um, and as we know with Ephraim, for example, variations in pronunciation probably went back to the very beginning. Um, in other words, different tribes from early Judaism had different pronunciations. Um, so, sorry? Wouldn't you have spoken with an Egyptian accent? I don't know. <laughs> so, which one, which one then should we use? Which one's the best one to use? So, given that there's no evidence that one's better than another, we really don't know which one's better. Um, it really then makes no difference which pronunciation you should use. There is really no evidence that one is better, as much as people have tried to prove one to be better. There might be certain specific sounds within specific certain languages that are better, but there's no uh, pronunciations that are better, but there's no evidence as to which one. We should they remain consistent. Um, it's good not to switch back and forth, particularly for prayer. We get ourselves confused. So it's not good to try to switch. Whichever one you have, stick to it. Um, 
When it comes to prayer, for example, in the wording and the structure of the prayer, while we generally have the same prayer, there are many variations going back from, from community to community. And there's always been Sephardic Ashkenazic within each community. There's been many variations of the prayer. Now, the great Kabbalistic teacher, the Arizal, points out that the variations in Jewish liturgy goes back to the very beginning. So, um, the, back to early Judaism. And in the days of Moses, there were 12 tribes, with each one had its own customs, its own culture. So while the bulk of Judaism, it's important to remember this, the commandments and the Torah is the same for everyone, there were variations in custom and culture from tribe to tribe. There were variations that cropped up over time from community to community. The Arizal says that's not a bad thing. That's supposed to be. That's part of Judaism. We're not all supposed to be one monolithic group. Jews have always had different subgroups, going back to the 12 tribes. And we're supposed to have, and think of it as a, as a um, band that plays or an orchestra where each instrument is playing a different sound. That's the way Judaism is supposed to look. It's supposed to be a mosaic of many different traditions. While the bulk, the Torah and the commandments are the same for everyone, there's a mosaic of traditions and there's a mosaic of custom and culture. And that's part of the beauty of Judaism with so many different customs and culture. God wants us each to create variation, uh, a relationship with him from a different custom, from a different culture, from a different perspective. So different pronunciations that evolved over our history are not a problem, but an expression of different cultures, that are subcultures, different sub-traditions that have developed within Judaism. And so given the beauty of the variation, there's really no reason we should ever make an effort to have everyone pronounce Hebrew the same. Um, because we don't know who's right, and they're all good, and whichever way we pronounce is great, and variations is excellent. It's wonderful to have, sometimes you have a shul that has different prayer groups within the shul that pronounce things or have different structures of prayer, that's great. Sometimes you have a shul that within the same minion there will be variations, that's also fine. God is happy to hear different Hebrew pronunciations, different customs from each community, and the beauty is really in the difference. So, let me just conclude.